The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. session here at the kick pod dojo i am your host slash sensei tj williams give you the insider of my martial arts experience <clears throat> as well as um, um analyzing and discussing certain martial arts based subjects also uh, highlighting certain martial artists from around the world from actors and real mar- life martial artists Okay, so before I get into my session, a couple things I want to talk about is, um, one, <clears throat> for those who um, are fans of Cobra Kai, or should I say, for those who have seen the first two seasons of Cobra Kai, um, of course, the trailer for the third season has um, been released, and for those who seen it, or seen the both seasons um Cobra Kai, I know you're really excited, I know I am. I'm really looking forward to January 8th right now um, to see this, um, the new season. You know, people have been waiting for it for like an entire year, but due to the pandemic, it was um, brought, held back. But now that we have a chance to actually see the third season coming up, and this is really exciting to see what's gone, let's see what comes up, or should I say what's, what's up What's coming coming up? You know, I'm just excited, just um, speechless, because I really was looking forward to this. All right, so another another thing I want to talk about is um, for those who are wrestling fans, um, we, um last week we lost uh, a good actor, uh, probably a, a good person, uh, the name of um Tommy Tiny Lester Jr. Um, he passed away last fr- last Friday. If you, like I said, if you're a wrestling fan, if you've seen the movie No Holds Bar, um, he was in there as the main antagonist, um, a character named Zeus, uh, a rival to Hulk Hogan's character Rip, and um, yeah, if you're familiar with that movie, then that's where, then yeah, of course, that's where you know him from. Also, for those who are of comedy fan. Uh, he was also uh, an antagonist in another movie called Friday as the neighborhood bully named Debo. And people know him from that. And uh, he's really, really funny in there. Of course, yeah, he kind of um, puts in his um, character Zeus in there because, yeah, he's a tough man. He's bad. He takes what he wants. And um, also, um, it's not the only movie that, he, that he's known for. If you've seen the movie The Fifth Element, I mean, this is probably the one movie that he's not an antagonist in. He's um, he's actually plays the president in a future futuristic um time, and of course, yeah, his co-star Chris Tucker, or his Friday co-star Chris Tucker is also in that movie. So him and Chris Tucker are mighty good friends, and of course, um, if you see a video on YouTube, um, um, you see that. They were both in a church. Uh, if, you, if you if you don't know, now a lot of people think that um, a man like him is like a regular tough guy, but um, he's actually 
a brother in Christ. He, uh, him and Chris Tucker. Yeah, you'll see him YouTube video that him and Chris Tucker doing like a little performance in front of the church. And um, yeah, so at least at least we know that he's in a good place and he's um he's saved. He's in a good place, right? And also, last lastly, this past weekend, I had an opportunity to be on the testing board for a first-degree black belt test. It's kind of different, considering that I'm on like the other side of the um, pretty much other other side of the test. You know, I'm not testing. You know, I see these young red belts going for their going for their black belt, their first-degree black belt, which is definitely interesting. It's like it kind of gives me like the envy to actually be up there and do the first degree black belt test again, but do it better. But nevertheless, this is like doing the testing or should I say the being on the testing board gives me that maturity of, you know, I'm up here. This is going to be me one day actually testing my own students for black belt. Really getting giving them the reason why they should be a black belt, you know. Definitely with kids, it's tough because they're not known. Most most of them not known for that maturity. All their main th thing is is the play. I mean, but you as an instructor, you gotta give them that reason why martial arts is important. I mean, you know, martial arts is supposed to be fun, but you know, there's a discipline line that you have to be across. Well, there's a line that you don't want to cross when it comes to discipline. That's what I mean. All right. So really, this is this is why I do shows like this, this podcast really help you understand that my at least my opinion of what true martial arts is. All right. So with that being well, with that being said, I want to get on to this episode. All right. So this episode is definitely going to be interesting because um, I'm going to talk about another 1993 movie. That um, we pretty much was released before the the last discussion I was talking about. I remember I was talking about only the strong. All right, so that was in 1993, but this movie was released before only the strong, and I'm talking about Surf Ninjas, another movie that I like to watch. This is another favorite movie. All right, so this movie consists of um, a father and son martial arts duo of Ernie. Ernie Riaz, <clears throat> Riaz Sr. and Jr. Alright. Of course, you don't see much of um, Sr. in movies except for this one. I mean, he's in a major role. I mean, I know he's in other movies. Um, of course, he was in The Last Dragon as a, a fighter. I think he was in one scene. And then, of course, uh, for those who are video game um, fans, um, he was um, played Akuma. In the Street Fighter, the movie video game, all right. So that's his role. As far as his son, Ernie Riaz Jr., who's very known to done done a lot of movies. Like for one, The Last Dragon. Even though he was in the last scene, I mean, he really kind of played that scene out good. And also, he was in a, a TV show, a Disney TV show back in the '80s called Sidekicks. And of course, it was um. It was kind of a spin-off show from, I think, a, a TV movie called, I believe, um, The Last, um, I'm, I forgot what it's called, but I know it was like, the psych, I know Sidekick, that was, um, 
TV series with 23 episodes. I think it went on for one season. But nonetheless, you got Ernie Reyes Jr. going on to be going to bigger movie roles. Of course, uh, also playing as Donatello. Well, he actually was a stunt performer for Donatello in the movie Ninja Turtles. Both um, Ninja Turtles 1 and 2. And he also did uh, a role... Actually, a role for the second movie. He was um, a pizza delivery bomb kid called Kino, and yeah, and you'll notice that um, the stunts he does for Donatello kind of is equivalent to the stunts he does as his own character. All right, and also yeah, and after pretty much this, um, after pretty much the Surf Ninja movie, he kind of disappeared a little bit. He kind of did like B movies. That I don't know of, but nevertheless, and you'll see him again in um 2001 in Rush Hour 2. Like, f at first, I thought it wasn't him. All right, so in the scene, you'll see um him playing at a plaza as a clerk or something. And, you know, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan are questioning him. And all of a sudden, he just runs out the runs out of the building. Well, at first, I thought it was him. Then I checked it out, and it was him. He runs out of the building so fast, and they they weren't catching him. And also, and then also, like the last movie that I think a couple more movies I've seen him in, it was, yeah, the Rundown. That's the one movie that that I really enjoyed watching. Well, at least the scene I like to watch him. <laughs> and uh, I forgot what it, it would call the um, spinning spinning Tarzan Jiu-Jitsu, but he was really going on the rock. And that's that's the that's the earning Riaz that I enjoy watching. And then of course he goes on to do small roles like um Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the of the Crystal Skull. All right, so from there that's his acting that's his acting experience right there. And then of course you also got another um people in the movie. You got Nicholas um Colin or Colin, I don't know. Or Rowland Crowland, I don't know what his name is, but he was, only, he was only in there for that movie. That was only his only movie role. He wasn't in other movies. I mean, it's that's that's his major movie role, um, Surf Ninjas. And of course, um, the movie, a martial arts movie like this, will can never be good without comedy. So that's why you enlist the comedy genius of um, Rob Schneider. Um, everybody knows Rob Schneider. You know, you know him as um, the Townsy off of um, either Waterboy, Little Nicky. You know him as um, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Yeah, and um, other movies uh, he was in. He was in um, Judge Dredd. Yeah, he was um, the main, um, yeah, criminal in that movie. I think, yeah, he was like a hacker. And then, of course, you'll see him in move in most Adam Sandler movies. That you'll yeah you'll see him. Of course, Waterboy, Little Nicky, even Grown Ups. He was in the major role. He wasn't no Townsy. Yeah, and that was uh that was just interesting just to see him in that movie. Yeah, giving a little comedy relief in that movie. And also, you get another a comedian in there. You get a, another legend in there of the late Leslie Nielsen, who plays the antagonist of the movie. You know, you'll know him as um, Air, in the movie Airplane and the Naked Gun um, 
trilogy movie and other good movies that I've watched. Um, uh, yeah, it's basically he's a king. I call him the king of spoof because he's in those spoof movies and, and he really <laughs> has everybody laughing. Well, I got to say my main favorite of his is Naked Gun. Those That's probably the one movie that I would like to watch him in. Uh, no. Just some some scenes are a little inappropriate, but, you know, he just makes makes it look funny. All right. Okay, so going on to this movie. Now, imagine yourself being a California teen. You never amounted yourself into anything, you know, not, not school, work, or even growing up, except for hanging out with your younger brother, in which you're supposed to be a good influence to, and your best friend, who's probably the most annoying person to everybody because you know you always got that one friend that never knows when to stop talking you know it gets annoying but yet with every best friend you get something interesting and then one day uh one day a mysterious figure shows up and tells you one of the biggest secrets that you find hard to believe he tells you that you're a crown prince of a of a Asian kingdom, in which, as viewers know, uh, at first uh, we've always thought that the Asian kingdom was real, but in actuality, it was fictional from a book in from the 1900s. And this um, Asian um, this Asian kingdom is called uh, Patisan. All right, so you're told that, and then of course. It, things kind of get more interesting at the midst that um, you got these camouflaged ninjas showing up out of nowhere and decide to attack you and to kill you. And of course, that mysterious figure is yet there to protect you, more of your guardian angel. And then you realize that that the place that you that you're not safe, and yet you have to go back to your Asian kingdom. To really reclaim your your throne from uh, mercenary uh, evil Colonel Chi, and yet you have to free your people, your um, your natives from that tyranny, and yet this is where maturity kind of comes up. All right, you feel like that. Yeah, all this time I've been acting like a fool, but you know there's a this is a time that you have to have to be mature. And yet, in the midst that you learned this um, story, of course, you've learned that your the father that raised you is your adopted father, and your father, that your real father was a king. And of course, you go on this uh, amazing adventure with you, your brother, your annoying friend, and of course, the mysterious figure. The mysterious figure. And of course, uh, you stop... I've stopped to pick up um, a girl that you're supposed to marry. You bring her on the journey, and along with um, uh, a cop. A cop, of course, uh, a cop that pretty much keeps an eye on you. And also, that cop is played by another um, a good figure, uh, Tone Luke. All right, I forgot to mention him, Tone Luke. Yeah, he's known in movies like uh, this movie, Surf Ninjas, Ace Ventura, Peck Detective. Blank check, right? And also he did the voice of um, 
Pee-wee off the movie Baby Kids. <laughs> yeah, you know that. So pretty much you go on this adventure back to Patisan and you see how things are going. All right, you know that, yeah, like I said, maturity has to play a role for you to free these people from the tyranny. And then, of course, you take everything that you learn from being a California team and you bring it to this island to help free these people and really get your kingdom back. So that's pretty much the summary of the movie Surf Ninjas. So now kind of getting into certain scenes of the movie. Of course, yeah. In the beginning scene, you'll see uh, Ernie Reyes Jr.'s um, character, Johnny, and um, his brother, Adam, um, starting off the movie being surfers. So definitely that's what I mean by they never amounted to anything except being hanging out with his brother and their best friend doing, sur doing nothing but surfing. Yeah, you'll see that. And this is like two two weeks before his 16th birthday. All right, so, yep. And then all this is happening. They're, they're constantly failing school, being obnoxious. You know, that's what a team would normally do when they're young. You know, they never amount to being a grown-up. All right, and then, of course, you got that one night. One night, everything changes for them forever. Change, everything changes forever. You got the mysterious figure being played by um, Ernie Reyes Sr. named Satch. You know, he appears out of nowhere. And at the midst that they're about to be attacked. And yet you got these camouflaged ninjas, of course, attacking their adopted father's burger place. Or should I say, should it be a place of a plan for Johnny? Because, you know, just to show him responsibility. And yet... This is one of the, this is one of the, like good scenes I like to see. All right, so yeah, you got um, Zatch doing this thing, like really, really Tom going at it with the ninjas, and probably one of my the funny scenes where um, yeah, you got um, um, their adopted father getting into the fight. Yeah, he's using all the just this is here's a lesson here. Like, everything that you... Anything can be a weapon. I mean, other than the normal weapons, like a sword, nunchucks, size, and a bow staff. Like, the main weapons can be a weapon. But also, everything else can be a weapon. So, you got um, certain objects in this movie that were used as weapons. Of course, you got... Well, you got Mac using some sort of... Um, think like I don't know something that uh he had something in his hand that burned one of the ninjas I think it was just um on a on a stove and it got heated and he and he um burned them with it or fried them with it so yeah and also also a stove can be a, a weapon that's what Mac used he picked up one of the um his camouflage ninjas and burned his butt alive and I was laughing at move laughing at that scene and the guys were screaming crazy. Alright, so. Alright, so. That was one of the interesting, interesting, interesting scenes. Alright, so. And then you, and of course you got Zatch. Like using all these different weapons. Yeah, you know, he uses um a skateboard. He uses well, Johnny's skateboard as a weapon. That's, like I said, anything could be a weapon in martial arts. 
you know, I go to the convention and I see them using all these different ones, other than using a sword, nunchucks, those kind of things. Also, one thing can be a weapon is an ore, a set of keys, and even a frying pan. All right, uh, you could you call it crazy, but you know, if you're a skillful martial artist, you can use anything as a weapon, but you just know, gotta know how to use it well. Like, really, I can use like a like my a water bottle as a weapon, or maybe I can use um, my deodorant as a weapon, or maybe use my comb as a weapon, uh, a brush as a weapon, you know, really anything that you can use as a weapon, as long as you're a professional, prof a proficient martial artist, you know, it's kind of weird, but you know, when you think about it, it, it anything is possible, All right? And yeah, you also can use also, and you see them using other weapons, like um, chopsticks, like really. And yeah, there was a scene, also a scene when they're in Little Patisan, sort of like a equivalent to uh, Chinatown in like L.A. Uh, well, yeah, that's like like a, kind of like a parody of um, Chinatown, um, Little Patisan. And yeah, here they were in a scene, they were in a fight scene where. Um, he was battling the same ninjas. Of course, he had the the ninja had a sword, and he decided to pick up chopsticks. And from there, and they, and it worked. You know, he kind of used it, putting up this nose. It's kind of nasty. I wouldn't. Yeah, good thing he threw those chopsticks away, because uh, you wouldn't eat with those chopsticks if you shove them up somebody's nose. Ugh. Nah. All right. Well, come to think of it, um, that um the chopstick kind of thing kind of worked. In other movies, if you ever seen that movie, um, Balls of, Balls of Fury, yeah, there was a scene where um, <clears throat> it's like one of the actors, uh, I guess they were playing ping ball and a guy got angry and he used chopsticks, and <clears throat> shoved up his nose, <laughs> and kind of threw him out. <laughs> All right, so that's just a lesson to um, anything could be a weapon. All right, kind of going into Johnny's character, I mean here he is. He's kind of like a frightened 15-year-old and getting ready for 16-year-old. And he's told that he's going to be a, a crown prince, actually a prince warrior. And the mysterious figure, of course, Satch tells him that he's going to be a better warrior than his father. And yet, that's based on a prophecy that hit him. That's the thing about martial arts. You always base most martial arts style or martial arts cultures, even Asian cultures, are are very uh, big on prophecies. You know, that's the main country is you base some prophecies that something will happen. You know, and yet, other than Johnny being um, known as uh, a a great warrior, his brother was also. Um, was um says a prop was was being as a prophet too. They they predicted that he will be a great visionary. He'll see things before it happens. Alright, so I'll get to that next, but first I'm gonna get Johnny. So here he is in the in the Imperial Palace in Little Patisan. And uh, of course he's in a fight with his ninjas uh Zatch nowhere in sight. And all of a sudden Oh, of course, yeah, I forgot to mention his best friend. He became, he got his superpower too, you know. Yeah, his superpower is, is what if. Yeah. And yet, 
But yeah, ironically, that superpower ended up working throughout the movie. So that's that's the comic relief of it. So here you are. You got um yeah, you got Johnny getting all scared and everything. Then it was that one moment when the ninja was about to attack. He blocks the attack. He actually catches his hand, and of course he gets the uh, Zatch's voice in his hand. And it's like it's almost like his power or his um, prophecy, his inner warrior is being released. You know, you have that inner warrior in you. You get so frightened that you automatically you automatically react. So here he is. You get um, you get him unleashing his um martial arts um. Well, definitely you get the real um Ernie Rias Jr. All right, so. Here he is, blocking, fighting, really attacking, really putting kicks in. That was just amazing. That's, you know, when you think about it, if you ever watched that, um, if you ever watched the Three Stooges, all right. So this is just sound crazy, but you know, I'm kind of a, I'm a fan of the Three Stooges, but you know, Curly, all right. There's three things that drive him crazy, all right. One thing, if he's, if he's, um, here's Pop the Weasel. If here's a movie, Pop goes weasel. Um, he goes crazy. So it's like he said, something pops inside of me. And then when the music goes off, everything goes black. He doesn't know what happened. And also another, um, yeah, kind of another thing that um, kind of drives him crazy is um, if he smells uh, a fragrance called Wild Hyacinth. It's that drives him crazy. He goes nuts. And the only thing you could calm him down is um, you got to tickle his foot. And that's where you get him calmed down. And also another scene where um, he uh, he sees a mouse and he goes crazy. And then the only way that calms him down is um, the the cheese. <laughs> yeah, feed him cheese. So it's it's crazy. So going into Back to Johnny, th that scene kind of unleashes his inner warrior. It's like um, it's like you know when you're really scared, and you know nobody's there to help you. Sometimes you have to unleash your inner craziness just to get out of the situation. So that what's happened. He almost succeeded until the a ninja with a sword kind of um, broken his momentum. And yet, and then here goes Zatch coming to the day, saving the day. Of course, um, and then this is like this is like a, almost a message to him. Like this is like saying, I mean, there's ninjas attacking me. So this is where I need to mature and take life seriously and really learn how to fight. And then the scenes will go on to where he travels to Patisan and um, gets um, the real taste of what, well, here's here's where he gets the real taste of his um, ability. Well, going back to the scene in Imperial Palace, um, they actually found a secret cave where, where his inheritors, not... Not money, but something that what money can't buy. The nine sub Quan Zhu. So that's pretty much that what they was. They pretty much say that throughout the whole movie Quan Zhu. So they find the cave, and yet here he is Zatch. Zatch saying, "Stand and and defend yourself." And here he is. Um, he's. I think he, what he's trying to do. He's trying to unleash his inner warrior. I mean, pretty much. That's where he says, I mean, he's trying to get him scared enough so he unleashes his warrior. 
and then that, and he's like getting the upper hand, like really getting, and you got Johnny saying he doesn't want to fight him. And then from there, he gets like really upset, and he goes like says, "Spirit or no spirit, if you hit me, at, if you swing that thing at me one more time, I'm gonna kick your butt." And then of course you got Satch getting knocking him down. And of course, from one there, and then from there, he picks up like a special sword, and it could, and then these music start playing craziness. And then from there. That's where his inner warrior started releasing again, and then he's and he actually gets the upper hand on Zatch, and that's I think that he found this weapon of choice, a little special sword, and then going on to the adventure, then he says, "This is my destiny. I'm a I'm the crown prince. I have to free my people," and yet then the adventure continues. Um, he finds a chain gang. And then, of course, um, oh, excuse me, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's great to be tired, isn't it? <laughs> but nevertheless, here he is. He, um, that goes in this, the scene where they, um, breaking a chain game. And, of course, they release their people. They go into, like, a freedom spree, a freedom, kind of like a freedom bomb thing. Like, you know, I forgot. Yeah, like a uh, like a pair like a pair or uh, a parade or something. Yeah, well, I can't. I'm trying, I'm trying to find those right words to say, or some like you know what they do with the protest, like a walk. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they do, just to get the rally up the people and say that we need to get our kingdom back. So that's what. Oh yeah, rally. That's it. That's what, you know, I always try to find the right words. It's kind of hard for me to find the right words when I'm doing this show. But, you know, yeah. So they develop a rally. So an army, pretty much, so they can get their um their kingdom back. So here they are in this final scene. Um, yeah, this final scene. They um they have, they decide to go to, like, the main kingdom. Like, the, the kingdom where Johnny was raised is, like, a separate island. You know, really, I mean, yes, the only way you can get across, get to there is um, is through boat. And yet, um, of course, boats are out of question. They could see them a mile away. But yet, they come up with this ingenuity, ingenuity idea. Um, let's just say that comes from um, Johnny's, um, Johnny's experience as a California teen. Of course, his, uh, he surfs. He does nothing but surf. So yet he uses surfing expertise to teach all these Pontisanis people how to surf, so they can get to the island without being detected. So yeah. Uh, so yet um, they go over there. Of course, they go in the final scene. Now, well, kind of before I go to the final scene, let's get to Adam. No, I forgot to mention him, his superpower of being a visionary. So, of course, um, back in the 1993, the main, the, the popular game console, yeah, the popular game console uh, back then was, well, yeah, you got a lot of game consoles back then. I mean, you had Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and of course, yeah, Super Nintendo, 
And of course, back then, you had the handheld game console, you had Game Boy, and also you had the Game Gear. In this case, um, in the movie, uh, Adam has a Game Gear, and other than playing the game, his Game Gear kind of gives some clues of what's coming. So here he is, like, yeah, in the beginning of the movie, yeah, you see um, ninjas, um, yeah, uh, ninjas um, kind of approaching a, um, the house, and he knows it. He tells Satch beforehand, so that's what gives him a great visionary. And of course, um, another scene, yeah, he does the same thing at the Imperial Palace, and he predicts the fight, and that's why he gets the chopsticks, chopsticks idea. Well, yeah, usually chopsticks have got the higher points, so he picked the chopsticks. All right, so in this case, uh, and also in another um, vision visualization. Well, here's here's the what's the whole point about it? You get a visualization. Pretty much, you can predict anybody doing an attack. So it's it's kind of well. I'm gonna put this in better better perspective. You know, when you're a trained martial artist. You know, you kind of get that Jedi sense. You know, believe it or not, I kind of get that same Jedi sense. You know, when I, whenever I think of a movie, think of a movie that um, that I haven't seen in a while, all of a sudden I go home, I watch, I kind of go on a TV and I look on screen and there's the movie. Or I can really sense somebody coming. Like if I know my best friends, can walk in the store i can really sense them and you know i have that jedi sense that i know they're coming you know without them knowing it's like i think about them and then all of a sudden they appear in front of me it's like i have that jedi sense like i know something's gonna happen so definitely that's what um, adam's character does you know he has a game gear he knows what's up he actually sees it on the screen and really it really um, sees what's going on, but definitely in before the final scene, of course, um, he his game gear doesn't show him nothing. But definitely, he, instead of using the game gear, he uses visual imagination. That's how he got the idea of the surfboards. It's like, and then he um, the Patisanian the the, the um has. Um, are known to be the wood, best woodcarvers in the world. Uh, yet, um, not only um, not only um, um, Adam sees it, Johnny sees it too. And as you see him looking, he actually smiles. And yeah, he sees him do surfboards. So definitely they surf to the island. And then this is where the real good battle comes. And you got the... Um, the Patisani is fighting alongside Johnny, Adam, Satch, and even, of course, even um, Bro, that's what he's called, or Rob Schneider, his character. And yeah, here they are, they're fighting, fighting, and it gets to the scene where Kurtle Chi arrives with um, their adopted father. And he has a gun, and nearly shoots Johnny, but yet, um, Zatch gets in the path of the bullet. And yet, he used, um, um, bro's um, ridiculous um, power, I just like to say, what if I don't die? And he's like, hey, it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just say, kind of, 
just look at this way. If you have that annoying friend that gets on people's nerves, don't think that you can't take anything from it, take anything from them. And yet, you got Zatch all, all the whole movie took um <laughs> yeah took bros um little ridiculous power, and he's like, hey, it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was like my famous thing. Then it goes to the final scene. Things get serious. So here he is. Colonel Chi gets in a conversation, getting a confrontation with Johnny. And of course, Adam gets back to his game gear and kind of predicts a fight. And, and even before the fight, you got Colonel Chi, who is some um, half man, half cyborg. Well, even before he was a cyborg, he was crushed by that uh, elephant just as... um. He was, as the kids were, as he, the princess was supposed, were ready to escape as their kids. So he didn't get, get a chance to kill them when they were kids. So he ended up getting crushed by an elephant. And he, that's where he gets a half man, half cyborg. And all, and then throughout the fight, he ended up getting malfunction, which was at Johnny's advantage. I mean, I don't think Johnny laid one blow on him. And it's like, really... It's like he's getting all these malfunction, and then of course, uh, and then the force, the one final say he just jumps right in front of him and just push him into the water. It's like, why am I wasting my time with a guy that's really not? It's like, why is really not hundred percent? Yeah, he just push him in the water, and then that's it of Colonel Chi. That was not much of a fight, but you know that was just of his way of victory. <laughs> And then from there, at the end of the movie, here he is, being presented as the crown prince. And along with his, um, I can't call her a side piece, but yeah, his future queen. Here he is, he does his little speech. And then he says, um, right now, I can't be a prince. I gotta be, I gotta grow up. I mean, like, really... The thing is, like, really, I'd rather have you people be free other than worry about me being the king. So here I am trying to be a grown-up. I feel like I need to be an adult first before I be a prince. So here he is saying that I'm going back I'm going back to, and, and graduate high school, get a good job, get a good education. And then when the time comes where I have a life, good life, I'm going to come back and be a king. So throughout this whole adventure, you know, Johnny, this is what martial arts pretty much teaches. us. It teaches us maturity somewhat. But yet, don't think that maturity doesn't come with fun, you know. As, a, as an adult, as, you know, as in a black belt, you know, I like to have the fun. I like to keep people entertained. But at the same time, I want to give people a reason why that, give them a, a purpose, you know. You know, maybe martial arts isn't everybody's purpose, purpose, but you know, you know, martial arts kind of un unlocks your true purpose, your m true maturity. You know, for me, you know, I was always a goofball, never amounting to anything other than video games, watching TV, and doing nothing. But you know, I never amounted to education or getting a good job or even growing up you know but you know that that time come when i was a martial artist it really unlocked my true potential my true purpose it's like i need to be a man a black belt 
So definitely, and now that I accomplished my goal, I felt like I needed to move forward. And that's what I've been doing. You know, I didn't stop testing. And, you know, I'm right now at the verge of being a master in my style. I mean, not a grandmaster, but a master. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to that point. Really, that's going to build my maturity more. You know, I see myself pretty much in the near future being um, a really motivator, a motivator of toward young hearts. You know, that's what I try to do with these kids. You know, these kids, you know, they're not being put on a good path. You know, this is the problem with um, the world today. You know, you get those kids that um, don't have much of somebody to look forward to. You know, really, that's what these kids are. You know, they grew up with homes where you got parents or even other people berate them and say they're not good enough. You know, I hear the same story. You got those kids that are like put down by their parents and, you know, their parents are not really encouraging them to do better. You know, that's the thing that really bothers me about the world today. You know, if parents were a lot understanding how kids are, you know, the world would be better. But, you know, as a martial arts instructor and martial arts, martial arts in general, you know, I teach these kids that there is a hope. You have a purpose, you know, other than like the like, you know, like um, Chadwick um, Boff. Boss, Bossman, yeah, yeah, the late um, chat with um, Bossman would say, other than looking for a job or a career or even something else, look for purpose. I mean, purpose um, um, crosses discipline, all right? So really, discipline, or should I say, really, purpose is that the discipline that really try to... Figure out, try, try to help you find who you really are. So I believe my purpose is, you know, I see the problems in the world. You know, I want to solve those problems. You know, I can't solve the problems with a fist. I mean, I can't solve that with a fist. I can't solve that with karate. I only can solve it with a mind. You know, try to find the main problem with, um, with people it's like find their fear and try to help them challenge their fear you know really when it comes to having uh, mental situations like like you attention deficit hyperactivity disorder disorder autism asperger's everything that really um separates us from getting to getting far in the world so really the thing is it's a challenging moment but you know you have to really challenge yourself to really overcome your limitations all right so okay so that was my discussion of surf ninjas all right you know what i mean if you haven't seen the movie yet i mean i think it's on youtube i mean i try to look for it for on um on um try to look for it on google google play and i can't find it but you can find it on youtube really watch the movie see the from see how the how Johnny w went from being a a kid to a maturity man. All right, that's pretty much what martial arts can do. Boost up your maturity. If you want to at least get ahead of this world, sometimes you have to mature. It's the hardest thing in the world to do, but 
it's going to be rewarding because you're going to go to you're going to go places all right you know it's good to get by but it's better to go far all right okay so that's concludes my session here at the kickpot dojo all right tune in to my previous episodes on bic bp radio apple Podcasts, and spotify and of course uh, with christmas from approaching all right i hope everybody has a nice holiday and get what they need to get for christmas and also we got the new year approaching and i'm really looking forward to um a new year all right so this is your sensei tj william bow you well and i'll see you next time for another episode of the podcast kick pod podcast